And I'm going to invite up Gareth now. And he's going to be leading us this morning and preaching to us. Let's pray for you before you uh, speak. Let's pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, we pray your blessing over Gareth now. I uh, pray that you speak through him. And may you give us open hearts and open ears to hear what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. Thank you, Matt. I did try to go to focus. Um, I'm not a, you know, I love camping. Um, but they said I had to stay. So um, I know. So I'm staying here next week. Um, gutted. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, uh, I've seen the weather forecast. I don't think the live feed's working today, so I can say this. Well, morning, everybody. I hope you're well. Sorry? Yeah, it is. Uh, what are we doing? We're working our way through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, and today we're looking at Matthew 13. We started last week with Timmy. He was telling us we're in a Netflix series of parables. And today is the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And what's happening, Jesus has been going around and he's been healing people, teaching. He's been casting out demons, raising the dead. He's kind of been telling people, I am the Messiah. And there's this been growing division between some of the religious leaders and Jesus. And some of them have now completely rejected his teachings and say, you are not the Messiah. There is no way that is possible. And they are now planning to kill him. So he's withdrawn from the synagogues and he's now decided to sell up by the beach. And he's sitting in a boat at the start of Matthew 13 and this great crowd gathers around him to hear what he has to say. And he's teaching them using parables. He's taken an earthly story, one that they would have been familiar with, and he gives it this heavenly meaning to reveal truth about the kingdom of God, to reveal truth about himself, to kind of give them a question, what are you going to do with this truth? And the parable of the wheat and the weeds is a story about good and bad seeds and the, what these seeds produced and what would happen once these seeds had grown. And I've asked Moira to come up. Thank you, Moira. And she's going to read the story to us. Um, welcome, Moira. Thank you, Gareth. Hello, good morning. Um, the gospel reading this morning is Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30, followed by verses 36 to 43. Um, and if you're looking into your Bibles, it's page 926. The parable of the weeds among the wheat. He put before them another parable. The king of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came in and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first, 
and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone who hears listen. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Moira. Just going to pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for ears to hear this morning to what you have to say. Amen. Amen. My wife just told me that I should expect a text from Phil about going to focus later today. <laughs> if he's watching this. Um, uh, anyway, has, any, and has anyone ever been in a meeting or a conversation and they don't really know what's going on or understand what's happening? Uh, but you nod your head in agreement, kind of like yes, and you're following along, but you're not sure. Happened to me last week. I was in a prayer meeting, and this pastor was invited to come along and speak um, to to us. I'd never met him. I didn't know his name. I knew nothing about him. And while he was sharing, at no point did he tell us his name. Did he tell us what he did or what kind of where he lived? So I had no idea what was going on, but I was nodding my head in agreement. All the while, I was panicking because at the end, when people share in this prayer meeting, we gather around and we pray for that person. And I was thinking, I'm going to be picked to pray. But thankfully, there was a woman sitting opposite me who put her hand up once he had finished speaking and said, I have no idea who you are. Could you please explain this to me? And it was like, yes. Jesus, he shared this story, didn't he, of a man who sowed good seed in a field. And this enemy snuck in and then sowed bad seed into the field whilst everybody slept. And as a result, the good seeds and the bad seeds are left to grow side by side with one another. The servants wanted to act and suggested pulling the weeds up, but the master said, no, don't touch them. Wait till harvest time. And when that moment comes, the harvesters will separate the good crop from the bad, and the bad crop will be burnt and the good will be put in the barn. The disciples heard this story. What did they do? They went to Jesus, maybe a little concerned as to where they fitted into this story, because it wasn't the happiest of stories, was it? But they said to him, what was that about? Can you explain it to us? And so Jesus gives them a rundown of what is happening, of the characters, of what the seeds represent, and what was going to happen. And it's not an easy story. It's not. 
And so I just want to do the same today. I want to go through the story, just looking at a couple of the characters and digging a little bit deeper into what I believe this parable is telling us. But what I want to encourage you is to go away and dig into it yourself. Because there is so much in this that I won't even cover, that I won't talk about. To encourage you, to challenge you, to help you, to guide you. And so this story, how does it start? It starts with a man sowing good seed into a field. And Jesus tells the disciples, this man who is sowing good seed is indeed himself, the Messiah, the Son of God. The Son of Man was an Old Testament term taken from the book of Daniel, chapter 7. And Jesus is saying, this is me. I am the Son of Man. I am the Messiah. I am the one you've been looking for. And what's he doing? He's scattering seed into a field, and the field represented the world. And the Greek word for good is so important to understand is kalos, K-A-L-O-S. And it means desirable. It means beautiful. It means something that is inherently excellent. Something of superior benefit that will only ever produce something special. And that is the seed that Jesus was sowing. And so straight away this parable teaches us that the seed that Jesus sows into our lives is this beautiful life-giving seed that possesses everything we need for life. Everything we need to grow strong and healthy. It shows us how generous Jesus is. How much he loves us. He wants to grow this inside of us freely. Something beautiful that will produce life. That is how highly he regards each and every one of us. And if you've chosen to follow Jesus, you need to know that you have this seed living inside of you. This life-given seed that will only ever produce something special. And Jesus wants it to grow inside of you. So he wants you to come to him so it can grow. He wants you to spend more time with you so it will grow. Then we see more of his generosity, don't we? Because what, what does he do? He takes that seed and then he scatters it across the whole world. Because he wants everyone to have the opportunity to respond. To receive it for themselves. And how does he do that? He does it through us, his believers. He takes that seed, the sons of the kingdom, it says. And he scatters it all over the world. So those, so those around can respond. So those around can have that seed living in them. So where has he placed you today? In your home, in your community, in your workplace. That seed that is planted in you, let it grow. Let it become something beautiful. Let it become something life-giving so that those around you can receive it as well. And it'd be great, wouldn't it, if the story just kind of stopped there. It would be like reading Genesis 1 and 2, kind of the Bible in a year. It would be very, very simple and you wouldn't mess up. But you get Genesis chapter 3 and this story carries on and the mood changes very, very quickly. Why? Because there's this enemy at work in the story. And this enemy is the devil. And the devil crept in while people were sleeping and he began to sow seeds all across the field, didn't he? The devil is real. He's the complete opposite of everything God is and the complete opposite of everything Jesus is. And the seed he has to offer is the complete opposite to what Jesus offers us. And while Jesus wants to sow life into each and every one of us, the devil will only ever sow death and evil into us. The devil is God's enemy. He hates God. And he hates anyone who has that life-given seed living within them. And he'll do anything he can to stop that seed from growing and stop that seed from spreading. I know nothing about gardening, nothing. So I, I went to an expert. We have experts here at this church, people who look after our garden. I went to Ronnie. And if you don't know Ronnie, Ronnie's been here a long time. And his story's amazing. And he sits at the back door. He's there, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey. 
That's so good. Um, it's so good. Um, it's so good you're here. And I went to Ronnie and we talked about weeds, didn't we, Ronnie? And I asked Ronnie, tell me a little bit about weeds, please. And he said, they're awful. <laughs> oh, man. He knows his stuff. <laughs> and I said, Ronnie, why are they awful? And he says, well, they grow quickly. They're dangerous. And when you deal with weeds, you have to make sure you're wearing protection or you're going to hurt yourself. And I said, that's so true, Ronnie. And the weeds Jesus talks about in this story are most probably called Darnell seeds. And they were used and they're still used today by people who wanted to sabotage or get revenge on someone. And I'm going to say this once, forgive me. It's known as bastard wheat um, uh, because it would destroy people's crops. It was so bad that the Romans had a law forbidding it to be planted. And why? Because it was poisonous. It had this bitter, unpleasant taste. And if you were ever to eat it, it would cause sickness. It would affect your balance. It would affect your speech. It would affect your sight. And it would cause death. That is what the devil does. That is the seed that he plants. These evil seeds that are poisonous, that result only in death. The complete opposite to the life-given seed that Jesus wants to sow in our lives. And what does the devil do? Well, he went out, didn't he, and did what Jesus did. He scattered this seed all across the world. This right next to the good seed as well. Because he wants to see evil unleashed everywhere. Especially the where there is good seed. And how does he do it? Well, he does it through people. You know, the seeds the devil sows are referred to as the sons of the devil. Anyone who is under his control. And we see this all around us, don't we, this evil. You don't have to look far. You switch on your telly and you can see it. You walk through London and it's all around us. You see it in the church, sadly, as well. But if we're being honest, I know for me it's in my own life as well. All of us have at one point been under his control, but all of us can still get easily entangled in his ways. The Apostle Paul explains it well in Romans. I'm going to try and say this. It's a bit hard, this bit, where he said lots of do's. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. And it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do, want, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So true. And so we have to be on our guard, don't we? Knowing that the devil is doing this. He is sowing seed right next to where we are because he wants to entangle us in this. And it happened while the workers were sleeping. And so we have to be careful. We have to be on our guard. We have to be aware. They're not told off for sleeping, so I don't think it was wrong for them to sleep. But what the servants did and the good thing they did is when they woke up, what did they do? They noticed the weeds growing. And what did they do? They went to the master and said, what shall we do? And then they obeyed the master. That's what we need to do. We need to notice where these weeds are. We need to go to Jesus and say, gee, what do I do? And we need to obey him, even in those hard moments. And so the, master, the servants, they went to the master and they were like, well, you know, they had an idea, didn't they? Because they thought they knew how to respond as well within this. But the first thing we're told is that it's not our job to pull up the weeds. But it's our job to allow the weeds and the weeds to grow alongside one another. There are some jobs in my home that I'm not allowed to do. 
I've been told I don't do them to the high standards that's been set. One of them, I think, is a simple job is loading the washing machine. But I've been told I can't do it. My wife believes there is a process to this. She wrote this as well, by the way. I didn't. I don't sort the clothes out properly. I don't empty the pockets properly. I don't turn them the right side out, I've been told. And I don't put the powder or the fabrics off the room properly either. That's um, The servants, they wanted to pull up the weeds, didn't they? The weeds. But they were not qualified to do it. They were told, don't get involved in uprooting these weeds. That was not their job. And if they tried to do it, it would just cause the mess. A lot of damage. Jesus has a plan. But his plan is maybe not what we want to always hear. And his plan is to let the wheat and the weeds grow side by side together. We're not called to pull anything up. We're not called to go around judging others. But we're called to grow alongside those around us. Allowing people to see something better. Allowing people to see Jesus. That is what we're called to do because he wants everybody to respond. And so we must remember that God is patient. He's patient with us, isn't he? And he patiently waits to give everybody the chance to respond. And so our job is not to judge others. It's not to go around uprooting evil. But it's to love people. It's to show people compassion. The same compassion Jesus showed in when he looked at the crowds and he had compassion on them. Mark spoke about it a few weeks ago. And we need to always remember that this seed will change anyone. This seed will change all lives. This seed is for everyone. I've got a short video to watch. And while that's happening, if the band want to come up, that'd be great. And then I'm nearly finished.
That, I love that story because you see that whole story being played out, don't you? This vicar going into the prison, showing his seed, someone accepting it, him growing in his life, then that person then being planted in that prison and doing the exact same thing. And that's what Jesus wants to do. In Matthew 8 and 9, we see the power of Jesus at work, don't we? We see, sorry, the Darnell seed, what was it? It was poisonous. It blinded people. It affected people's walk. It, um, uh, it killed people but if you go to Matthew 8 and 9 and you follow that story you see Jesus I'm doing all of that he goes along doesn't he He gives people sight he gives people strength he heals the lame he raises the dead the damage that Darnell see did Jesus undid and he'll do the same in all of our lives and just as I close this is the serious part as well because there will be a day when we won't be able to respond there will be a judgment day there will be a moment when Jesus speaks, doesn't he? And he says, it's harvest time. It's time to separate the weeds from the wheat. And the weeds will be bundled up and burned in the fire. And the wheat will be put in the barn. Basically, those who have accepted Jesus will be saved. And those who haven't, won't. It's not easy to hear. The difference between Darnell seed and wheat at the end of the harvest is Darnell seed will stand upright. But wheat, it bows down. And that is the difference. Those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus, those who have bowed down, will be saved. And this parable, Jesus is saying, are you listening? This is your invitation. I am the Messiah. And you can receive this life-given seed. It's here for you. I want to grow something in you that is special. Do you want to receive it? There were great crowds listening to Jesus at the start of Matthew. But only a few got up in verse 36 and followed him 
the others carried on their way. But Jesus carried on reaching out to them, didn't stop there. And so that same question is for all of us, how do we respond today? Now, are we going to follow Jesus or are we just going to carry on in our ways? I'm going to close and pray and then hand over to them. Father God, thank you for your words. Thank you for this story, God. But I thank you mostly for your love for us. And I pray for anyone here who doesn't know that, doesn't know how much you love them and care for them. Will they be poured out on them today? Father God, help us to grow that seed that is inside of us, Jesus. Show us where we should be standing, Father God. And we just lift up those around us. Let's just take a moment. Those people who are maybe on your heart right now, who just, you want to see saved. Bring them before God.